This is Steve Taylor for the Rear Grandy Guardian. In today's podcast, I'm interviewing Steve Johnson, who is Chancellor of WGU, that's the Western Governors University. Steve is down here to build up alliances for WGU in the Rio Grande Valley. So first of all, Steve, um, it's great to to meet you again. Uh, Can you start by just telling us the history of WGU? Because I know it's really interesting. Sure. First of all, thanks, Steve, for spending some time with me. It's always wonderful to come down to the valley and and get to meet with with you and others. Um, So WGU was founded a little over 20 years ago by the 19 governors of the western part of the United States. There's an association called the Western Governors Association that they all belong to. They saw a need for um, a, a different type of educational system or opportunity for students in their states, primarily driven by workforce needs and also recognizing um, that they had large sets of their population that had some college and no degree and needed uh, an educational opportunity that would allow them uh, to stay in place to work, to stay where they are geographically uh, and, and earn a degree. Um, in that 20 years, the university's grown from a couple of thousand students to currently we have about 130,000 students all across the country. Um, in Texas, here the affiliate was created, WGU Texas, in 2011. Um, uh, then Governor Rick Perry signed an executive order that created WGU Texas. Um, in the amount of time, those those short eight years now, um, we've grown to be nearly 13,000 students um, uh, in the state. Um, we have a student in all but um, 20 of the 250 four counties around the state. Um, here in the Rio Grande Valley, we are seeing an increase uh, of students. We've, we began, when I came on board about two years ago, um, with about 150 across the entire uh, Rio Grande Valley. Currently, uh, just in the McAllen uh, metro area, we have nearly 200 students right now and continue to, to see a high rate of growth uh, for students. Um, the university is really structured around four colleges focused on workforce. Um, our largest college is the Business College, and we offer both bachelor's and master's degrees across all four uh, of our colleges. So business is, is the largest health profession, so everything from nursing to care coordination, uh, master's in nursing for management, um, a variety of degrees in the healthcare space. Uh, teachers College, um, we're actually nationally the largest teachers college in the, in the country. Um, we've seen growth here in Texas. Uh, with that, that's actually one of the quicker growing um, colleges for, for WGU Texas. Uh, and the last is information technology. Um, and I can tell you in a state like ours, that has really uh, begun to ramp up just in the last few years. And that's true all up and down the I-35 corridor, um, into the valley, uh, even into West Texas and Midland, Odessa, and Amarillo. Um, So we continue to see steady growth there. But the focus of the university is across those type of workforce degrees, offering bachelor's and master's. Um, The other thing unique about us, we're online, that's not unique today, uh, but we're competency-based, which means students move through material as quickly as they can demonstrate competency. Um, You enroll in a six-month term, you move through as quickly as you can. Oftentimes, um, students at the master's level can complete their MBA or other master's degree in a little over a year. Our average completion for bachelor's degrees is a little over two years. Now, because it's an online course, I mean, in, the, in the old days, perhaps a few years back, people were questioning whether the, the, the degrees were that solid if they were sure. gained online. What's it like in the marketplace today? Is it sort of an acceptable form? 
Um, you obviously would argue it is, but yeah. <laughs> things have changed, haven't they? The attitudes have changed. Yeah, they very much have, and, and I mean, I think you see it with with the fully online institutions such as such as WGU, um, but also uh, another non for profit is Southern New Hampshire University as well. Um, but I, I think to to the heart of your question, you see online education permeating not only with uh, online, fully online institutions, but the traditional brick and mortar institutions as well, offering increasingly number of degrees that are fully online, or you oftentimes see um, hybrid programs where there's some on-campus experience, but there's a large component that, that, that is driven online. I think the fundamental difference now is how much more personalized you can make an educational journey online. I mean, the old perception was, well, you're thrown into this by yourself. There's, you know, another 300 students, say, in, in your cohort moving through. Um, it is, it, it, in some ways, less personalized than an in, on, uh, on-campus brick-and-mortar kind of experience. Um, we found, using machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, that we can have a system that responds to you as an individual. And so it truly is, combining that with competency-based, so you're moving through as quickly as you can. The system learns about you and learns where you're where you're going to need help. Um, and, and working with the course instructors, even before you know, you may get stuck in the next module. Um, the system will alert your course instructor to come in and say, "Listen, this is coming up. It's going to be difficult. Let's prepare you for it." Um, I think the other thing that's unique, and particularly with our model, is when a student enrolls at WGU, the first person they're assigned is a program mentor. So this is a full-time faculty member that's the same program mentor stays with that student through their entire journey at WGU. We have found that that's, I kind of like to call it the secret sauce. Um, students point consistently. So you're giving it away here, Steve. <laughs> you're telling everyone how you do it. They all know, um, but you know, mentorship has been shown to be probably one of the most effective ways at, at you know retaining students term to term and increasing graduation rates. Um, those program mentors, are, of course, do academic advising, but they're also helping with professional coaching. They're also, um, honestly, an accountability coach for students who are online um, and, and need that that consistent touch uh, with a with an individual. Um, when I talk to graduates, one of the things they will point out is that. Um, that was, they knew on, say, a Tuesday night, um, their mentor was going to call and they, they needed to be prepared to talk about what they had done and what their plan was. And so um, we like to say, you know, online doesn't mean alone. And I think that's probably the biggest change to your, to your fundamental question is it's that through all of online learning, we are finding better and better ways to make it even more personalized than the traditional, you know, classroom with 30 in a, in a single professor. And um, is it good value? What sort of um, <clears throat> what sort of, what would the fees be if people are interested in doing a, a bachelor's, for example? Sure. Um, the other unique thing about us is students enroll in six-month terms instead of traditional semesters. They can start at the first of any month, so it's not time set in a in a September or you know January kind of start time frame. They can graduate in any month too when they're done. They don't have to wait. You know, for the end of the semester, in terms of cost for that six-month term, it's about thirty-four hundred dollars for the for the term. That's including fees. That varies by program. Some some programs like nursing are a little bit more in terms of fees, just because there's clinical costs and um, that sort of thing. Um, but if you think about that, that's for a full year for us. It's it's about sixty-five to sixty-seven hundred dollars. Um, we find that to be very affordable for students. Um, and of course, they're eligible as they would be for any other university for all of their federal financial aid. Um, and so. 
Yes, I think the value proposition is definitely there for students. Um, and, you know, I think as we work to, I don't know, we're going to talk a little bit more about partnerships, but as we continue to build out partnerships with our uh, two-year uh, colleagues, that makes it even more affordable if they spend time at a community college before coming to, to WGU. And you said earlier that uh, you can go work as fast as the, the, as the student is competent, and so um, what's some some of the students can get th through this pretty quickly if they're if they're smart and they know their subject matter. So, uh, what's the fastest at WGU for say a bachelor's and then a, a master's? You know, it's it's it depends, I guess I'll say. And because part of it is our system is designed to recognize that students come both with different learning abilities and, and uh, speeds, but they also come <clears throat> with a variety of, of education and knowledge already built in. So some of the some of the ones we see that graduate the fastest, I'll give you one example. We were happy uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, to recognize the hundred thousandth graduate of the university. He happened to be a Texan. Um, he was a teacher at Seguin High. High school in Seguin, Texas. He had done his bachelor's degree, obviously, he was in the classroom. Um, he completed his master's in educational leadership with us in about nine months. Um, now, obviously, he'd been a teacher for an extended period of time um, and had brought that knowledge to bear, plus he was very motivated. Um, so for him, he only had to pay for two terms and had his master's degree. And of course, it depends upon you know the, the, the person. And, and, and that's one of the things I, you know, we stress consistently is it, ours is certainly not a one-size-fits-all. It's you come and you... you you access and move through the educational journey at the pace and the speed that makes sense for you. So um, let's move move on to an, another part of the conversation here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your career in education, how you um, arrived at this position of being now the Chancellor of WGU. Sure, happy to. So I spent the better part of my early career in and around policy circles in the State House, um, working for uh, state agencies, uh, for a, a state legislator, working on a variety of policy issues, but higher ed would always been one policy issue I had, had been very interested in over that period of time. Um, after I finished a graduate program, I, I went back and began working for an agency that funded uh, broadband and uh, technology access for uh, public schools, public universities, and not-for-profits. Um, that really began to, to um, for me, highlight um, that higher ed space and education in general was an area that I wanted to move into. Um, so I decided to, to look for those opportunities. I was lucky enough to, to then work for about 13 years for the Texas Association of Community Colleges. So TACC uh, represents all 50 of the independent community colleges in Texas. Um, and, and in that space, I did much of the communications and external work uh, at the State House for, for policy influence. Um, it was during that time that I decided I wanted to go back and get my PhD um, and focus on education there as well. Um, but I knew I wanted to get to an institution. I knew I wanted to have an effect more directly on students. Um, and so I began to, to think about what might be a great institution. I had known about WGU Texas since its creation in 2011. Um, and when the opportunity became available, I knew uh, I knew it was a place that, that, that I could work for. And, and mostly, Steve, that was driven by the fact that they truly, our university truly means 
when it, when they say we're student obsessed. Um, I, any meeting that I go to, any decisions that any leaders make is purely and simply driven by how does it impact the student? How does it make sure that students have an easier, more seamless experience as they move through uh, through our through our system? I mean, we like to say WGU is, is really about offering affordable, accessible, high quality education with great outcomes um, because that's what students want. You know, they want to be able to have an incredible experience that increases their knowledge and skill base. Um, and when they get done, employers consistently tell us they are prepared uh, for their positions. And and when uh, WGU hired you, um, knowing that you were with the Community Colleges Association and knowing WGU really needs to build up those uh, connections with uh, the two-year colleges, that must have been uh, quite a selling point for you that you just knew everyone around the state, almost every college you you had interacted with. Yeah, I've obviously been blessed over the years to get to know um, all the community college leaders uh, across Texas. Um, you know, here in the Rio Grande Valley in particular, Dr. Shirley Reed at South Texas College, I, I had worked with extensively over the past decade. Um, yes, it, it, it was it was good for me to come in with the built-in network. I, mean, I think the university has, has put an emphasis on community college partnerships, not just in Texas, but all across the country. Um, you know, we're a bit unique in Texas in that all of our community colleges are independent institutions created in statute with their own governing boards. And some of the other large states, California, for example, it's much more vertically integrated kind of community college truth system. Um, so when I became chancellor, I decided, you know, I know it's going to be time consuming, but I want to sign agreements with each of the 50 uh, different colleges. And they all are different. You know, you range from Dallas County Community College or Lone Star north of Houston with 90 95,000 students, um, down to Frank Phillips College in Border, Texas, which is northeast of Amarillo, and they serve about 1,100 students and, and everything in between. Um, but I feel like it's critical given the fact that community colleges, I've always argued, are the future of the state of Texas. They demographically look like what Texas is going to look like in 20 years, and they provide access within their communities that no other institutions do. So in my role as WGU Chancellor here in Texas, we definitely wanted to make those linkages between between those institutions who enroll 750,000 students around the state into our opportunities if it's a great fit for them. Well, given that was your goal, uh, to make those connections, sure. um, you must have put a lot of miles on your car. How, how far have you got with those, with those 50 colleges? So to this point, and, and we've been actively looking to sign partnerships over about the past 12 months. Um, we have signed 15 to this point. Um, we have another four or five that will be signed in the next two months. Um, I fully expect, you know, by the end of, of calendar year 20 into early 21, we will have all 50 signed. Um, it, you know, yes, I have put a lot of miles on the car. Is um, we all know, there the community colleges in Texas are wonderful institutions, but they are everywhere in this state, um, from large urban colleges to very small rural colleges. And so, um, but I recognize, and I think WGU Texas does that. It's important uh, at, an, at a college level, community college level, that those in small rural parts of the uh, of the state um, have just as much need uh, as those in the large urban areas. And so at WGU Texas, we're able to meet those needs in ways I, I would argue other institutions have a difficult time doing, um, whether they're in you know deep inner city Dallas and going to a community college in that system, or whether they're in Western Texas and Snyder, um, Texas. Um, they all need... They all need access to, to good quality educational opportunities, and I think WG Texas is a solution for, for a lot of folks. 
So um, let's zero in on the on the partnership you established a few months back with South Texas College. We were there to see that, um, uh, Dr. Reed and yourself signing an agreement. What what agreement did you put in place with STC, and is that representative of what you're doing around the state? Sure. The initial agreement we're signing with all colleges is truly a broad transfer agreement and the establishment of a partnership between the two institutions. Um, and so what that means is um, we're going to make it as easy as possible for students to seamlessly transfer from South Texas College or any community college into WGU Texas. Um, it is a general agreement to begin with, but over the, the months since we've signed that agreement, we've been working closely with our colleagues at South Texas College to begin to align programs directly. So, you know, it's one thing to have a general transfer agreement. Those are critically important to establish the partnership, um, but it's, it's then how can you go program by program and align what STC has to WGU Texas um, so students can be enrolled at STC and see a direct pathway through WGU. Um, so we're in the process of building those out. Um, and one of the things that I made a commitment to early on when I became chancellor was I wanted to have a footprint here in the Valley with a, a person that could help build those relationships. And so we've recently brought Yvette Morales on board about a, a, a month ago uh, to begin to really deeply align those partners. The next person you will see in the Valley, someone that will help serve the entire state, is to build out directly those articulation agreements. Those are not uncomplex efforts to put in place, and they require a lot of ongoing work to make sure that they're critically aligned. Um, but yes, yeah, so the initial partnership is that, and then we spend time building out direct pathways uh, between SDC degrees, community college degrees to ours. But if you are um, wishing to um, be so well connected with those community colleges that you're trying to tailor your programs to fit the community college, and all these community colleges must have, uh, they may have the broadly the same subject, but they've got different um, different ways they're doing things, and that makes me, you, you've got to have a lot of courses at WGU. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I think the other thing, back to our system and our platform, um, unlike many other institutions, brick and mortar or online, that are on a more traditional semester length kind of structure, you know, with WGU, we don't measure seat time, we measure your learning outcomes. Um, it makes it even that much easier for us to map two degrees um, and a variety of types of degrees. Um, there are many community colleges, and South Texas is one, who have already have programs at their college that are competency-based. Well, and honestly, those are the easiest to map to because those students are already used to working in a competency-based environment. Um, but their natural alignments, for example, in Austin, there uh, at Austin Community College, there is a two-year degree in cybersecurity that is competency-based. Um, we're working with leaders there to just basically link those programs and co-brand them um, so that students at some point in time will actually enroll at ACC and WGU at the same time, even though they'll be taking their first coursework at Austin Community College before then transitioning to, uh, um, uh, to, to us. I think it, 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 that type of a model recognizes the future of higher ed, and that's that students don't want to start and wait for four years or two years to, to receive some sort of a certificate or degree that has market value. They want to have incremental steps along the way. Um, IT is a perfect space for that to point out, where our degrees and many of the community college degrees now, you earn industry certifications as you move through the material. So you may 
maybe halfway through a Bachelor of Science in Information Security, but you've already earned five industry certifications that has market value out there. And so I think ever increasingly we see education being open loop in learning where you come back and you receive certifications and those become stackable uh, towards degrees. I say all that to say that's easier in many ways if you have that model to align programs across the entire higher ed spectrum. Um, but yes, I think clearly for us, um, we're more nimble and more flexible than many other four-year institutions because of the non-semester base. You're going you're gonna to be judged on your learning of, of learning outcomes, not how many hours you've sent in a, sat in a seat in a school. Okay. So um, tell us then um, why the emphasis, why you have this emphasis on the Rio Grande Valley. You've got this tie up with STC. I know you want to do things, something similar with Texas Southmost College and Texas State Technical College in Harlingen. Since you've come in as Chancellor, you really have wanted to focus on this part of Texas. Explain why. Um, you know, obviously, once again, my background in the community college world, having spent um, much time down here with Dr. Reed and her team um, at South Texas College, I know both the challenges and the opportunities in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, WGU, we've always had students in the Rio Grande Valley, but um, when I came on board, I really wanted to place the emphasis upon the Rio Grande Valley. And, you know, for, from our perspective at WGU Texas, we're trying as best we can to meet the needs in communities and help be part of the solution um, within the ecosystem uh, of a community. Um, I, like, as I said, I know there are huge challenges in the Rio Grande Valley um, in terms of access, in terms of broadband penetration, and a variety of, of things. Um, that's true in many other pockets of the state, but I also see huge opportunity here. I mean, this is one of the, the, the regions that has the youngest population, um, and so I, I think for us it's recognizing that this has been traditionally an underserved part of the state and we want to be part of helping to serve the students in the communities in this part of the state. Okay, so uh, tell us a little bit more about Yvette, Yvette Morales, who, who is down here. Um, how did she land at WGU? What, what special skill sets does she have that will help the Valley? Sure. Um, Yvette is wonderful. Um, she is native, uh, born and raised in McAllen. Um, got both her undergraduate and graduate degrees at UTRGV. Um, she's spent uh, the better part of her career at the Texas Attorney General's office actually doing outreach, um, doing education and training. Um, she's also spent time in the private sector in the medical field, uh, building relationships with hospital systems and physicians. Um, I, from my perspective, um, it allows me to see someone who has a built-in network and a really deep understanding of the challenges and the opportunities here. Um, we were thrilled um, when when um, she decided to join us. Um, I think she's going to be a great fit both for the Valley, clearly given her background, but also for WGU. Um, she's first in her family to go to college, um, and uh, even though she went brick and mortar in a traditional sort of way, I mean, she fully understands the, the, the opportunity that an online education um, would provide a student in, in the Valley. And if I'm allowed to say this, because you did tell me this earlier, you met with uh, Sergio Contreras from yeah. the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. Um, 
what's the uh, important what uh, importance do you do you place there in building up an alliance with basically our regional chamber of commerce right. I, I think it's critical for us if we think how we can be a solution for workforce needs with employers in the region I mean clearly this is an area with high needs in terms of a skilled workforce um, not only in, in the western half of the valley but certainly with the Port of Brownsville and the growth in, in the eastern half um, so so meeting with Sergio I think is important for us to be connected into that that business community um, Yvette obviously has has some background there and some network um, I actually had met um, with Sergio by phone before we came down and we see a natural partnership there um, and so for us it's it's how can we um, get in front of as many business leaders as possible um, to find out what they need and how we might be able to help uh, solve a workforce need whether that's a, a specific set of training for a group of employees within one industry or whether that's an identified need within a sector of a particular type of, of educated uh, employee um, we're ready and prepared to be as flexible and nimble as we can be to help meet those needs of, of employers here in the Rio Grande Valley and you were saying earlier about how you really are passionate about and with your your background um, of working with community colleges because they reflect uh, the future of Texas and um, I would assume uh, that the same goes for the Rio Grande Valley that you want to be here because um, if if we get things right in in the valley in terms of education that's a that's going to be a, a great um, feature for the state as a whole um, in, you know in the years to come that if the valley can get things right in, in the world of education uh, that's going to all go well for Texas absolutely and I think you raise a good point I think that you know if you want to see what Texas is going to look like in 20 to 30 years I think community colleges but I think specifically the Rio Grande Valley is I think the model for what uh, the state is going to be in 2030 or 2035 and so you're absolutely right getting it right here um, can serve as as, a, as a, a for lack of a better term a bell cow for the rest of the state and lead the way to to, to what the state can be in the future um, given the changes that we know that, that are coming across the state I, I'm optimistic I think um, clearly we've seen the Texas miracle over the last 15 to 20 years but if as I talk to employers across this state there is a, the the growing understanding that there is going to be a need for educated pipeline uh, in this state we have met many of the educational goals for workforce um, through immigration of those from other parts of the country coming with their skill sets and their educational credentials if we're going to meet the goals of say 60 by 30 text which is the higher ed plan for Texas um, from the state coordinating board um, it's going to be everyone in the boat rowing in the same direction it's an all of the above strategy and that means educating Texans here um, both those at the traditional age that are 18 or those that many that come to my university that are in, in their early 30s have some college um, or maybe working at the community college um, but need to get that credential to advance their careers and the future of their families and and uh, to wrap it up, um, WGU definitely wants to be part of uh, part of the uh, answer for in the Rio Grande Valley and across Texas. Absolutely. And to give you one quick example of some areas outside of just sort of a policy initiative, um, we're beginning to work very closely with some of the. Um, there's a new coalition called Texas 2036, which is aimed at the future of Texas. One of the key components there is access to broadband. Um, at WGU, clearly 
we're interested in stable broadband access, not only for educational opportunities, but we recognize that in, in areas where there are broadband deserts, it's difficult to be a small business owner if you don't have access to high-speed, stable uh, internet. And that's for your own business purposes, but also to access a world market. Um, and so you'll you'll see ever increasing from us a push on the policy side to work with others um, to make sure that Texans across the state have access to, to high-speed broadband. Well, that's clearly a great need here in the valley, and uh, as you're learning, so it's um, um, very. Um, uh, visionary for you to think of uh, that subject because uh, there's lots of <laughs> lots of uh, leaders um, that haven't yet picked picked up on that the importance of um, of um, quality broadband uh, especially in the rural and uh, socio-economically deprived areas which we for which we have in the valley and in other parts of Texas as well so that's uh, we will follow that with interest of your your connections and collaborations there. Uh, any any other remarks, Chancellor Johnson? Anything else you'd like to say? Thank I really appreciate this opportunity to meet with you. Well, I appreciate it too, Steve. The last thing I'll say is, and I talked about it earlier, that our focus is around student obsession. Um, to give you an example, just this past Saturday, we had commencement in Austin. Um, you know, WGU, we have somewhere between seven or eight commencements every calendar year spread all across the country. We've been blessed here in Texas to have one in Austin uh, for the last six years. Um, on Saturday, I was so honored to preside over 1,500 students graduating. Um, we had over 10,000 in attendance. Um, we had, at one of the ceremonies, eight groups of folks who were family members who were graduating together. Moms graduating with sons, um, wives and husbands graduating together. Um, for me, that's what it's about. It's about seeing and shaking the hands of those folks and knowing each of them is an individual story and thinking in my mind, every day when I get up, how can I impact more lives and at WGU Texas and at WGU National that's that is our focus. Well this is great to learn so much more about uh, your university uh, Steve Johnson Chancellor WGU Western Governors University of Texas thank you so much for today's interview we look forward to having you down here in the valley um, a lot more. Thank you Steve.